0: Hey Zabe here from my bookie, the official sports book of the Zabe Cast. Real payouts, real customer service, absolutely rock solid place to get your sweet action on when it comes to sports. What a glorious time we're in right now! NFL is going, college football is going, about to add in the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Baseball playoffs are here every single night. There is no shortage of games to watch or bet on, and you need to get on with my bookie. Whatever it is you like to bet. Lay low and then, wham, hit him with a big sh- right hook of a bet. Or maybe just dabble or have a little bit here, a little bit there. Do it from your phone. It's so convenient. Play some parlays, underdog parlays. Make meaningless games meaningful for you by putting a little something, something on it. And go to mybookie.com to do it. When you sign up, use the promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo, to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar All the way up to a thousand bucks. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start in your winning season. Read the rules and regulations so you understand how the bonus payout works, and you're on your way. Promo code ZABE to claim that bonus when you make your deposit. Stacked UFC cards, the Masters coming up, presidential prop bets. Oh, it is sweet action all over the place. MyBookie.com, the official and reputable and rock solid sports book of this, the ZABEcast. Today on the Zabecast, when most longtime announcers finally decide to retire, you say thank God. Friend of Zabe and former sportscaster Turn heart valve salesman Scotty Shirey on the Astros run of house money coming to an end. All that plus an unlikely comeback of a video game console we grew up on. Your high test and not street legal. 30 minute plus dose of Pure Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go.
1: <laughs> Here we go.
0: Monday, October 20th, 2020, thank you for joining me. Well, this podcast recorded before the conclusion of both the early game and the late game on Monday night. But it was a rare treat to get an early evening or late afternoon game at 5 o'clock Eastern time with the Bills and the Chiefs. I don't know what you want to call it. Is it evening yet? Is it late afternoon? Is it nautical twilight or some other vague or very randomly specific term. I don't know. All I know is I like it. It's at an odd time. We've never before had a football game in the 5 p.m. window on a Monday as part of a double header. And it's a good game. It looks like 13-10 in the mist and the rain. Chiefs leading right now if you wanted a timestamp of when I actually put this thing to bed. Okay. I You know, the thing about these... Oddball time slots, whether it's a five o'clock rare COVID rescheduled game in the NFL on a Monday night, or if it's primetime golf in a major U.S. Open from the West Coast, or morning Olympic hockey or Olympic basketball at 9, 10 a.m. from far across the globe, or World Cup soccer at a similar early time. It's like off hours sex for sports fans, and it's glorious. It's the morning quickie. It's the afternoon delight. It's the lunchtime special. Whenever it comes at an odd time and it's a game that matters, it's an important game, you love it, right? Doc Emrick retired on Monday. Out of the blue, no warning, 74 years old, still very much at the top of his game. Mike, a.k.a. Doc Emmerich, Has been doing hockey for so long, it's a joke. But he has done it in a way that is so good, it'll never be matched again. Not just the fact that he uses over a hundred different words or adverbs to describe how play is unfolding in front of him. Pushed, shoved, nuzzled, whacked, blistered, flipped, launched all these different ways to call a game. Not only that, but what made Doc Emrick so great was that the joy of sports and the wonder of sitting there watching athletes and a great game at the highest level never got old for him. It poured through in his voice and in his calls. And even though he should have had a bias and an affinity for Pittsburgh, he betrayed none of that. No allegiances, no angles, no slants, never. And he was just amazing to watch and listen to. What I loved the most was when he would basically narrate the handshake line, one of the great somber traditions in all of sports following the final game of the Stanley Cup final. Right before they are about to hand out Lord Stanley and raise it over their heads, the handshake line would be narrated by Emmerich in a way that was sublime. He not only would work in these anecdotes about and here's so and so and so and so shaking hands and they played together on the you know, on the Swedish national team, and look at the respect from this goaltender who once served as the apprentice to so and so and uh and then he would weave in larger picture narratives about what it means to be a farm boy growing up in Saskatchewan and having your name chiseled onto the trophy. It was almost a religious experience, like he was an ordained minister in that holy of moments of the handshake line. And that makes sense because guess what? He is a ordained minister. Uh, He is just so good. No one can replace him. Nobody can outdo what he has done. And his life story is amazing. Born in Indiana, but still a devoted Pirates fan and a guy who listened to Bob Prince over KDKA radio, writes Phil Mushnick. Emmerich is a 19-year cancer survivor. He earned his PhD and nickname in broadcasting while at Bowling Green. He and his wife, Joyce, plus dogs and horses have lived for years in Michigan. Emmerich is in, at last count, seven halls of fame. Says Mushnick in his column today, the send-off column, perhaps the greatest tributes to Emmerich have been paid by non-hockey fans, often women, who while hearing Emmerich in passing ask, Who is this guy? He's wonderful. Emmerich said, I hope I can handle retirement okay. He's 74 and like he said, 19-year cancer survivor. I've never done it before, but I've just been extremely lucky for 50 years. Now into my golden years, this just seemed to be the time that was right. Then Emmerich added, with a typical tweak, plus I've now accumulated enough frequent flyer miles to not go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) On a personal, off-air basis, writes Mushnick, Emmerich is the ultimate mensch, a deacon in the Methodist church. His gentle sense of humor and unyielding patience and respect for all creates envy for a life well-lived and with plenty to give. Damn it, man. Gonna miss him. And then there's guys like Dick Stockton who are still hacking through games poorly at about the same age. Emmerich was able to narrate his own farewell video, which normally you would think would be an exercise in self-aggrandizement, and something that would be extremely hard to take. Of course it's not. Of course it's wonderful. The five minutes and 15 seconds are pure gold and have some amazing highlights. Here's a quick sampler.
2: I don't know about you, but I still get chills seeing the Stanley Cup and knowing how professionals paid well during the season. Forget everything and raise pain thresholds above broken jaws, black eyes, stitches, and a lot we can't see to win a title and get the name their parents gave them engraved on this trophy. Oh, sure, things change over the 50 years. When I arrived, helmets were optional and then required of new players. Visors were optional and then required of new players. We went from one referee to two goal judges once sat in chairs behind the net. Now video replay helps make those calls. We have a goal on the ice. But much of what I love, perhaps what you love, is unchanged from then to now and into the years ahead. I love that coaches still yell and arguments can happen. (laughs) I love that goalies can occasionally still score goals. That sentiment can't enter even into what number a player wears or gives up. That banners, like jerseys, aren't just cloth, they represent sacrifice. I love that when fans pay the price of admission in addition to the game, they can get to see kids get a lifetime memory, get to see one of their number experience joy, Or get to be in on a surprise reunion of someone serving the
0: country. I mean, it's, it's just great stuff. And you watch it. And I know for one, I say, we can't get people packed into stadiums again soon enough. I'm sorry. That has to happen. Enjoy your retirement, Doc Emmerich. My God, you will be missed. Doing a hard pivot. Dwayne Haskins... Instagram account just got interesting this afternoon. I'll read you this and maybe you can say, ah, you're making too much of it. But then again, he did take the post down. Got this tip from a listener who said, Zabe, listen, I know you wanted to see 16 out of 16 with Haskins. I know you wanted a full year to evaluate, but I'm telling you, he was benched for reasons not football related. They're about being a professional. It's about earning, not being given something. It's certainly got to do with his attitude, preparation, and leadership. And then this listener showed me an Instagram post from DH underscore Simba7, the official account of one Joy and Haskins. It's a simple black square with white letters on it, white writing that reads as follows. Quote, if I bring up an issue I have with you, That is not your time to bring up any grievances you have with me. You had time and opportunity just like me, but you chose not to. Now is your time to listen, not deflect. He also added on Instagram at Justin LA boy. I don't know who that is. I don't know what kind of beef they've got. I don't know anything other than he deleted it. And, and, or removed it right away, almost, but not soon enough that people didn't grab it and go, what the, that to me comes off as extremely condescending. And all I can think about is bro, your career in a sport you love that you're very talented at is hanging in the balance. You should not spend any brain cycles. Worrying about childish things like your Instagram account. Give the password over to your manager. Tell him or her to change it. Don't let them give it back to you. Take it off your phone. Worry about football. Any little thing like this can be very detrimental to your career. It just is such a bad look. And yet the addiction to be right on social media. Like a moth to a flame. It continues for this generation. Good luck. Hope it works. Hey, Zabe here from My Bookie, the official sports book of the Zabe cast. Real payouts, real customer service, absolutely rock solid place to get your sweet action on when it comes to sports. What a glorious time we're in right now. NFL is going, college football is going, about to add in the Big Ten and the Pac 12. Baseball playoffs are here every single night. There is no shortage of games to watch or bet on, and you need to get on with my bookie. Whatever it is you like to bet, lay low and then wham, hit them with a big right hook of a bet or maybe just dabble or have a little bit here, a little bit there. Do it from your phone. It's so convenient. Play some parlays, underdog parlays. Make meaningless games meaningful for you by putting a little something something on it and go to mybookie.com to do it. When you sign up, Use the promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start in your winning season. Read the rules and regulations so you understand how the bonus payout works and you're on your way. Promo code ZABE to claim that bonus when you make your deposit. Stacked UFC cards, the masters coming up, presidential prop bets. Oh, it is sweet action all over the place. MyBookie.com, the official. And reputable and rock solid sports book of this, the ZabeCast. Works out. Couple things real quick, then we'll get to the Houston Hammer. Email from Brett or a tweet from Brett Williams, listener. He said, "Great pod this morning." For what it's worth, the coaches have quote pet quarterbacks with the wooft and the Redskins because the owner has saddled every one of the new coaches with a mediocre QB they didn't want and they did not draft. That's true. Like I said. Danny and his pet quarter his first pet quarterback was Jeff George. Had to saddle Marty with him. Didn't like it. Actually, Norv didn't even want him. Spurrier's pet quarterbacks were Danny and Shane from Florida. Yep, yep, yep. They're good quarterbacks. And uh Spurrier did not care for Patrick Ramsey, who the owner drafted after going to senior day with Finney Serrado. Gibbs' pet was Brunel, and he got a backup plan in Campbell. He too had no use. For Patrick Ramsey. Shanty brought in Rex and Beck and swore by them. And then they couldn't play. And then the owner got his new pet quarterback, McNabb from Philly. Shandy didn't like him. He was gone. Then they both said, let's get RG three. And they quickly soured of that. Uh you had <laughs> you had Jay Gruden, who had to try to reform and rehabilitate RG three. It did not work. And so Jay's new pet quarterback became Colt McCoy, he wasn't really thrilled with one Kirk Cousins, but he put up with it, but he really liked Colt McCoy. This kid, Kyle Allen, is a nice kid, Jimmy Tryhard, super overachiever. Guess what? He's not QB1. Anyone can tell that. But he's Rivera's pet, and that's why he's going to be around for a while. Upper Deck said they're getting back into the Gulf Card business. Yes. The oh so lucrative. Sarcasm. Golf trading card business. One of the things they're going to do is include certain cards that have a tiny little container in the card itself. Very thin. That has sand from some of the bunkers at the courses where the player on the card recorded their most important victories. That's Kind of cool, I think. Nerd! But can you verify that it's actually sand from a certain core? And you know there'll be no sand from Augusta National. In fact, it'd be so white it would blind your eyes if we put it into a trading card, some sort of meaningless trinket like that. Uh, We've sent men to jail for trying to steal a fistful of sand from our vaunted bunkers here. They actually did once arrest a guy who tried to steal some sand from the bunker. And Atari is getting back in the console biz. They released today what looks like a revamp of the old classic Atari 2600. Same shape, like a miniature Pizza Hut restaurant with the trapezoidal bump on it. And there's two controllers. One was... A remake of the old Atari controller, which was just one joystick, one button, and a new fangled modern controller, which is the uh, sort of butterfly wing, 18 different buttons, 18 different joysticks, shoulder, shoulder, trigger, trigger. Oh my God, what am I pressing? I have no idea how to use this. They say that the key of the Atari console is that it's going to allow gamers to exchange money using crypto currencies as part of their gaming. Okay, You'll also be able to play a bunch of classic Atari games, most of which completely suck, and you'll play for five minutes, get a little hit of nostalgia, and then say, why am I playing rodeo on Atari 2600? All right, let's talk some Houston baseball. The cheaters have gone down. How has my boy handled it? Let's find out. I don't know if I've heard this song before. It's called Glory by the Score. Pretty pretty popular, 21 million views. I play it because when I call my Astro buddy, Scott Shiree, in the wake of his gut-wrenching Game 7 loss to talk to him on the podcast, and he requests an intro music song, I say simply, I'll allow it. <laughs> how'd you how'd you get onto this uh, this song as your walk up music there, Mister Shiree?
3: This was uh, in uh, 2019 when they did the hype videos on YouTube. Oh,
0: uh, god!
3: The it. Uh, the Astros did two sets, and both of them were by this band called The Score. And one of them, I, I well, this is one of them, Glory, which I absolutely love. There's another one that they did that's really good too but it's got some great hops to it they're they're good stuff
0: man this sounds like a good bed for highlights of which there would have been a lot of good highlights if the Astros could have just won one more game the H-Town Hammer joining us here on the Cast today former sports director for Channel 8 K-E-I-T in Jonesboro, Arkansas and a pig suey grad of 95 currently working in medical sales but living his best life in Houston Scotty, how you doing bud? I'm fantastic how are you sir are you okay in the wake of I mean look you have come up short with your team you had the glory a couple years ago you've endured all the shit from the scandal and the cheating (laughs) and you fired back on everybody who wants to come at you on Twitter but in terms of disappointments as a hardcore Astro fan how did this one go down
3: this is not that bad, truthfully. I, 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 said, it, I said it to uh, our mutual buddies. I said, look, this is house money. We right. weren't supposed to be here. We, truthfully, and I think you said it yesterday, you said the best, uh, we really shouldn't have been in the playoffs. It was a very odd set of circumstances. We're all playing with weird stuff. I think Dusty knew, and I'm just speculating, I think Dusty knew with six guys that were rookies in the bullpen and then losing Verlander right out of the gate, This season was going to pretty much be, let's see what we've got going into next year. And truthfully, getting in the way we did, we lost 15. when We lost our closer. Um, That was huge in so much that we lost 15 games by blown saves this year. Do
1: you know how many
3: games it took us to get in 2019 to blow 15 saves in 2019? We didn't. We We didn't. Right. We didn't. Less than five saves were blown in all of 2019 with that many games. We blew 15 in this shortened season. So, you know, this was a this was a this was a let's just see what we can do with the season. And this was a lot of fun to watch, despite the outcome. We had a blast watching this.
0: 15 games over 60. Uh, let's see, uh, times two. That's 120. Uh, not quite a third. It'd be 30, 45. That'd be a lot of games you blew. Uh, <laughs> If it was a full 162, let's just leave it at that and not try to do any uh, further math. You, you didn't, did you get this. Just- no, I, I actually I did kind of sprain something there. Also, also <laughs> Altuve did not hit during the regular season, and some people yep. <clears throat> took extreme delight in that. Why do you think Altuve did not hit this year?
3: You know, I'll be honest with you. I think the lack of fans really really affected this whole team this team since day one has always been and cheating is what it is that's we can walk down that pathway or not this team feeds off of this city I I wish I could explain it to people better but I I just can't i actually next week is my 20 year anniversary of moving to Houston Texas it's the longest place I've ever lived anywhere and this city has a vibe about it that's always been here and this ball club is connected to its people This year, with everything going on in a city that politics aside is what it is, it's disconnected. That team and this city were disconnected by force and by the virus. It affected everybody. I think it really affected Altuve a lot. I think throwing these guys out of rhythm, they didn't respond well early on. What was really most impressive to me was we get into the postseason and he's an entirely – different ball player. It was really a lot of fun to watch him. I mean, I think I I didn't see the last numbers. He was batting close to 400. His power numbers were better than they were in 2019 on a percentage-wise. It was really, really a lot of fun to watch him step into it. But the guy to me that had his coming out party in more ways than one was Carlos Correa. Really, really interesting to see how that guy stepped into a new role. I think he knows what's coming next year. With a lot of these guys going up for free agency, and he's going to have to be the one that's not to piss off all the Yankees fans, which inevitably I will anyway. This is on this. He's the captain now. He is. I'm the, the captain. captain
0: now. I'm the captain. Look he at is. me. He. Uh, Correa embraced the okay, fine. Make your jokes. You know, shoot your shot. But I'm going to fly the black pirate flag, and he's embraced that heel it. turn. Yes, you've become the pirate ship. And he has yeah. been the captain of it, which makes sense because there's no appeasing any of the critics. There's no easy rebuttal to those who said, but look what you did. So you might as well own it and wear it. And Correa has done that. And it's more than just owning it and wearing it. You have to then perform while you're owning Correct. it. And he was able Correct. to do that.
3: Yeah. I mean, I I, I, I think the, the Twitter, uh, Twitter call what was on Twitter what was the Spanish call of his walk off home run. If I can make that a ringtone that everybody else <laughs> could hear when I call them, I would do that. Um, it's, I, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys have that in DC because of the, of the Latino population. I don't know what the makeup is there in the DMV if you guys have a Spanish call. But if you ever get a chance to listen to the excitement in, of a Spanish called baseball game when it's a really important game, I mean, I, our guys here in Houston do an amazing job on the radio. I think they're highly underrated, but wow, what a, what a neat way to call that home run.
0: Here it is right here. Take a listen.
1: La pelota dirección hacia territorio del Jardín Central, Carlos Correa, Duque,
2: a lo profundo.
0: Three, four, five, six. You know, we're driven by the search for better. No 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 no. <laughs> no 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 no!
3: Díganle que no es a pelota.
0: A uh, pelota, ball. Man. I heard that. See a old coach
3: <coughs> in Cuba. I had, I had no, it's yeah, like most of that, and it basically translates to that ball is gone. That ball is far. I mean, I'm butchering it obviously because my Spanish is absolutely atrocious. But right. you know, I, I I would love to have that. Like I said, as my ringtone, if I ever do get to play golf well again, which I I might someday, and I come off the tee with a Scotty bomb, I'm not saying that's not going to be what's played. I'm
1: just no, no,
0: no, no, no. Pelota <laughs> Golf. far, and I'm gonna say, and I'm gonna say if I'm standing there and it's in the trap. <laughs> but congratulations.
3: <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong. <laughs> All
0: right. so so the big yeah. Magilla now is Springer. Springer will be purchasable. And from what I've gathered from you and others that I follow from the Houston market, losing him would hurt like a fastball to the solar plexus.
3: I will tell you, so to me, I moved to Houston 20 years ago. I don't feel comfortable, sort of like you with the Packers. You don't really feel comfortable being able to just be launched in being a fan right out of the gate. You feel like you got to earn that a little bit. I moved here. The Astros were performing exceptionally well. They ended up going to the World Series. I never felt connected. Everything starts to kind of fall apart. They've overpaid everybody. Everything sort of transitions. They get out Altuve, who's kind of, you know, you don't really know what you've got with this guy coming in. The first time I saw George Springer over that right field wall his rookie year, he leapt over this wall to snag a fly ball. I said, okay, this, this guy may make me really love baseball again. See, I didn't really love baseball. Even though I was covering it, I didn't love it after what happened in the strike, strike in the 90s. It really kind of messed up my flavor for baseball. Watching George do that was amazing. And then watch the way he would swing at the ball. I mean, he would just swing out of his shoes. It became fun. I love watching him play ball. So to me, George Springer was Astros baseball, and then to have what happened in 2017 with his just stellar postseason performance, the same again last year in 2019. If we lose him, I it will leave a very big hole. Not just from a X's and O's stand from, from baseball wise, a huge hole in what we consider to be our boys.
0: So just so just pay him. There's no cap in baseball. Just pay him. What's the hard decision?
3: I don't. I don't know that there is one. Mr. Crane is. It, Mr. Crane doesn't like to lose. The big difference between our owner that we have now and and the claim who had the team previously is. The man couldn't find his checkbook for a a stake, much less a ball player. (laughs) Mr. Crane doesn't like to lose. And I'll also tell you this much. I've I've actually got a chance to visit with him. He actually spoke at an event uh, last year, and he talked a little bit about kind of – and it was more about the Houston Open stuff, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, talking about him basically taking that over and really resetting that tournament here in Houston. He talked an awful lot about – hating losing and doing what needed to be done to win. But he's not just going to throw good money after bad. Signing Brantley was a brilliant move two years ago. He replaced Marwin Gonzalez, who was really the heart and soul of the team as well. When we lost him, there was this, what do we do now? Who is Brantley? We know he's got a a good history. He's been an all-star, but really, really fit in. And he and Springer just connected immediately. Hell, they bought houses right next to each other. I kid you not. So they were up to be very close. So the team got, got sort of rallied around that. Mr. Crane knows what he's doing. I absolutely believe he'll know what he's doing. I think we're either going to resign Brantley or we'll sign Springer. I don't think we do both. I don't yeah. know how they're going to play it off. I'd love to
0: see it happen. Mets are coming for Springer apparently, and they've got a new owner with a billion dollars behind him and Steve yeah. Cohen. So that will be hard to resist. But man, yeah, I would not. Well, ju- you, I would not jump into bir- the Mets. I don't care. New owner, anything that to me is like. A haunted house of franchises. Well, Just like the Jets his, are a haunted house. Like yeah, the Browns are a haunted house. Like the Redskins. I'm sorry, woofed. Haunted houses. <laughs> no matter how much money, don't go in there.
3: Yeah. I will tell you this, and it's I mean, his family is from Connecticut. His his lovely bride is from the New York area as well. Oh, who they, cares? they they have a house up there. So I don't know how you know again, you and I are of the mind of we would like to win. Yeah. That's how we think. But I, I am a ball player, and I don't know what these guys have lined up. Like I said, I, his, his wife, Charlize, actually was, was my personal trainer right before the, uh, the pandemic. She does personal training and got me into a lot better shape. So I humble hope to pick It's not a humble brag. She's a <laughs> I mean, I'm just kidding. I mean, she's amazing. No, no, she's amazing. But we'll see. I mean, like I said, it, it, all, it all boils down to whether or not Mr. Crane can strike the right balance and whether or not George wants to stay. But like I said – with the six rookies that they had in the bullpen with all of the different pieces, this was supposed to be a throwaway, we'll figure it out gear and then when you throw the pandemic into the mix and you throw in the fact that Burlander is pretty much, barring any kind of miracle, done as an Astro because of the, of the Tommy John, a lot of variables. To go to one game away from the World Series and truthfully, had Altuve not made a couple of errors or Josh James not completely blown in an inning, we're looking at a really, really interesting World Series with a Dodgers-Astros rematch. Instead, we get a decent World Series. I, the Rays are impressive to me, but I'm partial.
0: Yeah. All right, so let's say you do yeah. sign Springer. You get Hinch back yeah. next year. Uh, and
3: <laughs> No, Dusty. We got Dusty. Dusty's oh. with us for another year.
0: Oh, he is.
3: Yeah, oh, that's we, right. We, they signed him at the beginning of the year. They signed him to a one-year deal, and it was not maybe two months, and they signed him to an extension. And I think that's a great idea. Dusty already had my respect. Everybody
0: everybody Dusty loves and- Dusty. Everybody loves Dusty. I'm warning you. He'll break your heart when the chips are on the line.
3: I will, you know what, Steve? I'm going to argue with you on that because he had every opportunity to lose two series in this postseason, both with the A's and with the Rays there were multiple opportunities where he had to make a decision one way or the other. And if it had gone the other direction, he would have been absolutely a goat in the situation and how he handled Granky when it looked like everything was getting sideways and he left Granky in there for one more batter. But and as
0: as point, as right? Mr. X would say, the best hitters in the game only hit 300. So any move you make like that has a 70 percent chance of working out and making you look like some tough guy, bad guy, genius.
3: Unless it's a it's, unless it's Randy Rosarena who apparently was batting like four or five, six hundred. Who the hell knows? Oh, I'm getting
0: really a Rosa Arena might have an earpiece in with a trash can somewhere that we don't know about because that guy's on cheat code mode right now.
1: That guy.
3: It's crazy. Well, you know what? Last year it was Soto. I mean, apparently we're everybody's coming out party uh in the postseason to have these spectacular new hitters just show up out of nowhere. The nice part about about that is do you know who the Rays traded with to get him? No. The Cardinals. The very team that Ooh. cheated themselves hacking into our computers.
0: That's right. We
3: stole their when we stole one of their top guys. So <laughs> that gives me a little bit of pleasure.
0: All right. Uh let's let's yes, pivot to the uh yeah, Houston sure. Open, which is going oh, to my. allow two thousand whole fans to roam around <laughs> on a hundred acres of open space. And I say, yeah. Scotty, thank fucking God it's taken way too long for golf to start pushing for this. But you tell me that it's a bit of a controversy down there in Houston.
3: It, it is a little bit. Behind the scenes, I think there's some, some said, unsaid type of stuff. Our, our local leaders, and I don't want to get too deep into politics, because I know you've already probably run off most of the people that lean a little more left than
0: um, you are. I, I don't give don't a shit if they're worse. gone. It, well, it doesn't matter.
3: matter Speak all, your our truth. Have, well, our city leaders have made a lot of really interesting decisions and have taken a lot of bad advice, I think, from other parts of the country. And truth be told, this decision should have been made weeks ago about letting these fans – and we had fans coming into Texans games. We haven't had a, quote-unquote, super spreader event in that regard. I've been out working, you know, throughout this entire pandemic, and we can talk a little bit about that if, if you'd like. I've been out working the entire time except for the first month of all this. Houston's been open, and I'm using air quotes because everybody's getting out. We had our big bump like everybody else did in July. We had the mass mandate. We still had everything pop up. Then everything died down. Now we're below 5% on testing. And I think Harris County, which incorporates Houston as a whole, has one of the highest testing rates of any county in the country. And we're below 5%. Right. It makes no sense why we can't have more fans at this event. As you said, it's outdoors. It's at Memorial Park. It's in the heart of Houston. We absolutely need something like this in this city right now. If nothing else, to get us all together to say, Hey, how you doing? Glad to be out here. Right. As, as, so, as so, about, so you think we so? Have the, to so try. the
0: so the so we have to try. We have to stand up and march. So the political leaders down there are like frumpy about it. But you say, uh, what's his name runs the show with that tournament?
3: Well, Jim Crane took the took the tournament over from the Houston Golf Association when it was kind of sort of you know wavering, and the PGA had sort of threatened to sort of take it away completely. And
0: Mr. Crane steps in, he's got the juice got to, to do it.
3: Yeah, we, we lost our. Shell went Shell went another direction. Didn't right. sponsor it anymore. So we had no sponsor. So if you had no sponsor, you got no tournament. Mr. Crane steps in and says, "We'll let the Astros Foundation. We'll make it literally the first PGA tournament that is sponsored by a nonprofit organization. Turn it into an entire fundraising situation. A really neat thing that he did. And then he's gone out and his entire foundation has worked to generate revenue for not just the foundation, but to get the to get the tournament going and sort of pump that into it." He's done a great job, and he brought in Brooks Koepka to actually go into that golf course. It's a public golf course, Steve. Public golf course, not private. Public (laughs) golf course. (laughs) Redo it. It's in great shape. It looks really, really beautiful. I've played it. I didn't break 90, but that's not really the point. But it's ready for us to be there, and I'm so grateful that we're, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's the first PGA tournament in the United States that it's allowing fans to come to, and I'm thrilled about that.
0: I think there were some senior tour events that allowed limited numbers, I think, in Indiana, but I may be wrong about that.
3: You're correct. No, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. It was a senior guy there. But this also segues into the major that the LPGA is playing in mid-December that's been rescheduled, that's playing up in the suburbs, up in the woodlands. I believe that's Champions Force is actually hosting that. I want to know now. Are we going to have fans at that major? Because I want to be there day one.
0: Yeah, Well, people, my golf friends don't understand when I say I could care less about this fake-ass Masters coming in a couple weeks because I relied on and hoped that the Green Jackets would be the ones that could help lead us out of this COVID cult we're in. And say, of course, we're going to have some patrons at the tournament. But we are the masters and we have mitigation and other things that we can employ. And we are in the state of Georgia, which is fairly open right now with the right kind of leadership. And instead, they just go, no. They decided no on this months ago. And that has broken me. It has hurt me so bad. I'm like, well, fine. You're going to have a tournament. They're going to play the trinkly music. There's gonna be a from in the woods. Somebody's gonna win money, and you want me to be into it? No. The Masters is no. a celebration of life. You guys have chosen to be cowards about it, and I guess collect your TV money. I'm just done with it. So that's my stance on no. the Masters.
3: I well, do you, do you need a minute? Because that's uh, that's a fairly impassioned take, and you're not you're not entirely wrong. It is my favorite tournament. I don't know many people that it's not their most favorite tournament. I can't envision that tournament not being played with a soundtrack. And that, to me, and I've never been there. You've been. The soundtrack of the Masters, to me. It's all about
0: the roars. It's all about the patrons. Any of these fake tough guys who say, I don't miss the fans at all. I don't need the fans. Fuck you. You're lying and you know it. The fans are right. crucial to big golf tournaments like they are to any big sporting event and even more so at the Masters where the the echoes of roars from down at Amen Corner wash up and over the entire course as everyone goes, ooh, what was that? Who was that? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Will I watch the Masters? Yes. Will I bet on it? Probably. Uh, will I like it? No. No, I will not like it. I'm firm in my belief in that. Okay. Lastly, yeah. numbers yeah. on the uh, coronavirus situation and other numbers. couple things that are interesting, and, and you know this, you are in uh, the medical sales field, and so you're in hospitals yeah. every day as part of your job, uh, helping people yeah. get their tickers fixed, and that's a very good thing. Number yeah. one, all-cause mortality in the U.S. for 2020 looks like it's going to come in right on even par with previous yeah. years. That's number one. Number two, There is a growing pile of non-COVID excess deaths since February that is puzzling officials, although some say, oh, I'm not puzzled by it. These are essentially lockdown deaths, things that were side effects of what we did to try to avoid the coronavirus. The third thing that's pretty unbelievable is apparently flu numbers, flu have dropped off a cliff this year, yeah. and people are like, what's going on with that? Now, you being in your business and seeing what you see yeah. and knowing what you know, tell me what you have seen so far that has raised smart people's eyebrows.
3: Well, I, the thing that I, again, I, you quote data to me or don't waste my time, because anecdotal data is... is
0: well, anecdotes are anecdotes. Data is well, data.
3: That is data. And data can be twisted and torqued, but however, the thing that you're keying in on, I'm going to read you something here. This is from the the Journal of American Medicine, which I understand is peer-reviewed. Yes, it, of course, is peer-reviewed, so it actually should be.
0: Journal of American Medicine, JAMA is pretty well-respected by everybody. Okay, here's what they say. September
3: 15th, okay, this is a direct quote, between March 1st, 2020, and April 25th, 2020. So that would have been the early stages, just the early stages of COVID. A total of 505,000 deaths were reported in the U.S. Of those 500,000 deaths plus, excess deaths, 65% were attributed. 65 were attributed to COVID-19. In 14 states, more than 50% of excess deaths were attributed to underlying causes other than COVID, those including California and Texas. Now, in bold, bold print, which is usually what they try to make you pay attention when you're reading a study and actually put something in bold print, the five states with the most COVID-19 deaths experienced large proportional increases in deaths Due to non-respiratory underlying causes, including diabetes at a 96% increase, heart diseases at 89%, Alzheimer's at 64%, and cerebrovascular diseases, that's stroke, 35%. New York City experienced the largest increase in non-respiratory deaths, notably those due to... Heart disease and diabetes at three hundred and ninety eight percent increases
2: and three hundred
3: and fifty
0: six percent increases respectively. So what that, does that what does that mean? What that,
3: translate, that, what that translates meaning is is that people did not go to see their doctor when they weren't feeling well and as a result they get too far gone beyond right. where you can actually treat what the underlying cause is.
0: Because of COVID, because of restrictions. In the first month, you couldn't go to a hospital, period. If you were, you know, it was very, I mean, you could, I guess, if you were taken to the ER with a heart attack, but if you just needed actual care for either your heart condition or your diabetes, you were staying home and people were dying. And so 300% increase. All the lives we were trying to save from COVID, we're just swapping them out for other lives. And I'm not even counting the suicides or the deaths. Apparently, dementia-related deaths are also way up because, shocker, keeping people with advanced dementia away from their loved ones has a very bad effect on their overall health and vigor. Shocker.
3: Correct. 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 Yeah, it's um and the, the last line of that that what I just was reading you there is these estimates suggest that the number of COVID nineteen deaths reported in the first weeks of the pandemic captured only two thirds of excess deaths in the US, which means that the other percentage were directly related to the lockdowns. And that's th- the bottom line with all
0: of this. And yeah. you know what? what all of this all of this should be widely reported on and vigorously debated and discussed, and yet it's either being ignored by the mainstream media and worse doctors and researchers who bring this stuff up are being censored or being uninvited from conferences because it's Correct. not fitting the narrative it's like we Correct. are in a digital medieval world in which heretics are shunned it's unbelievable yeah
3: but there we we're, are we're in unique we're in unique times no matter what um <laughs> you know like i said I- People have their takes on this, and I'm not going to get into the political elements of it, but I think it's pretty obvious that a lot of the decisions being made on both sides of the fence, mind you, are political in nature. But But the truth of the matter is, my bread and butter, the the, the people that I work with in heart valves, these are the most compromised and sensitive people with COVID-19. It's either extreme or it's, it's emergent or it's urgent. And if it's urgent, they have the option of waiting. If you wait too long... Bad things happen. It's just yeah. that
0: simple. So, All right. You know, well,
3: we're at. So, at
0: least we discussed it, it here. Man, so there's we're, that. We're,
3: we're rolling and we're trying, and the bottom line is we have
0: to try. There you go. Stand up and march. All right. That's Scotty fine. boy, care, the Bob. Houston Hammer. Thank you, buddy. See ya.
3: Appreciate you, bud.
0: Let's end on this. I told you I was Bryson DeChambeau neutral, if not slightly positive because of the fact that he's doing something that is just amazing and crazy and unprecedented. And I said, I'm going to go ahead and put aside the slow play. I'm going to put aside some of the other things that make me crazy about him. And now there's this. Club pro guy has taken Bryson to the woodshed because of what he has launched with a virtual autograph offering. Take a listen.
1: Let's face it, 2020's been a difficult year. We've all been isolated to some degree, but few have been impacted more than reigning U.S. Open champion Bryson DeChambeau. In a recent heartfelt tweet, Bryson literally poured out his feelings by confessing that he's missing his fans on and off the course. (laughs) The sincerity of that statement was more than enough. But Bryson didn't stop there. He continued the tweet with a call to action by announcing that he's partnered with a company called Instant Autographs, where he's giving fans the incredible opportunity to pay $18 plus shipping to get a virtual autograph from Bryson. You heard that right. Not an actual autograph, (laughs) but a coveted virtual autograph. Better yet... In an effort to get you that feeling that you're almost hanging out with Bryson, Instant Autograph's computer algorithm allows you to customize Bryson's greeting with four exciting stock options, including stay safe, (laughs) keep practicing, change the rules, and my personal favorite, all the best. As a fan, this is your chance to get that connection with bryson that you and him have been yearning for <laughs> imagine having this hanging on your office wall or maybe above your mantle at home when friends or co-workers come in they'll say hey i see you got bryson's autograph what's he like and you can say oh i have no idea i paid 20 bucks and a f- <laughs> computer spit that thing out for me <laughs> Staying connected in these uncertain times. Thanks for all you do, Bryson Deschambeau.
0: Yeah, uh, that to me is a bit much. Somebody convinced him it's a good idea, and they paid him a lot of money for it. And some people will buy that virtual autograph. That'll be a wrap for today. Thank you very much for downloading and being part of the Zabecast Nation. Remember, this is not a full-blown recap of everything. This is a supplement of... To what I do every day, Sports Talk Radio on the air, 6 to 9 a.m. on The Game in Milwaukee, 97.3 FM, and 3 to 6 p.m. on Team 980, 980 a.m. in the DMV. Tune in to those shows as well for even more of me, which I know you can't get enough of. Thanks for listening. Have a great Tuesday, and we will see you next time. We Hey, Zabe here from My Bookie, the official sports book of the Zabe cast. Real payouts, real customer service, absolutely rock solid place to get your sweet action on when it comes to sports. What a glorious time we're in right now. NFL is going, college football's going, about to add in the Big Ten and the Pac 12. Baseball playoffs are here every single night. There is no shortage of games to watch or bet on, and you need to get on with my bookie. Whatever it is you like to bet. Lay low and then, wham, hit him with a big sh- right hook of a bet. Or maybe just dabble or have a little bit here, a little bit there. Do it from your phone. It's so convenient. Play some parlays, underdog parlays. Make meaningless games meaningful for you by putting a little something, something on it. And go to mybookie.com to do it. When you sign up, use the promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo, to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to a thousand bucks. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start in your winning season. Read the rules and regulations so you understand how the bonus payout works, and you're on your way. Promo code ZABE to claim that bonus when you make your deposit. Stacked UFC cards, the Masters coming up, presidential prop bets. Oh, it is sweet action all over the place. MyBookie.com, the official and reputable and rock solid sports book of this, the ZABEcast.